You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, this is uh, Jay Horowitz with the latest edition of the Amazing Mets Alumni Podcast. And my special guest this week is Willis Reed, the captain of the Knicks. Um, Willis, how did you look at back 50 years looking back to realize that two uh, young stars from Grambling University helped lead the two New York teams to world championships in 1969 and 70. You know, people might not realize that, you know, they know you went to Grambling, but Tommy Agee, a great men center fielder, went there. Did you know Tommy in the world when he played baseball at Grambling? Oh, yes. Yeah, you know, uh, Grambling wasn't that big. Yeah, I know Tommy very well. Yeah. we were, I mean, we were, we were friends. Did, did you get? Yeah, I'm sorry, Willis. Did, did, yeah. did you get a chance to follow his career when when he got to New York, and how much interaction did you, did you have with him? Oh yes, oh yes. I was I, I was rooting for him. I mean, doing well. Um, and uh, I, you know, I was a Mets fan. We were, hey, <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, he was uh, he was quite a quite a. I mean, really a nice man. Nice. Did you? Quiet, did you? Uh, how much of the '69 World Series did you get to see, Willis? I didn't get the chance to see that much of, but you know, you were listening to a lot of it, you know, uh, on radio. So, uh, I mean, the catch, the catches he made in, the, in that, um, and then in the third game were pretty remarkable catches. And uh, you know, but do you think looking back on '69, you know, first the Jets win, then the Mets win, and the Knicks win, do you think we'll ever see that again? <laughs> I wouldn't be. I wouldn't bet on that one. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's that's kind of hard to do. I mean, you know, it's, it was just one of those great times. Uh, some, you know, both all, all three organizations made some great decisions on on picks, and they had some great players playing. And and you know, uh, what you know, we were so inspired uh, because of the Mets winning. You know. Uh, and uh, I was inspired because, I mean, Tommy had, won a, a, had a ring, and we, I didn't have a ring. <laughs> you know, we both from Grambling, so. Did you did you get to meet any of the other Mets, or was just Tommy the guy you really knew? Did you, you know, Kuzman or Cleon Jones or anything? Did you? Well, I knew Cleon, because actually Cleon and actually came to Grambling with uh, Tommy in the summer. Uh, you know, the freshman year, the summer, and uh, I think in the fall, Cleon left, uh, and you know, coach uh, Tommy stayed, and uh, you know, um, and had had the great career. Well, Cleon could have been had, was an All American high school football player. I don't know if he went to play baseball there, but he could have, you know, he could have, uh, you know, gone to the, to the NFL. But looking back, '69 was a pretty crazy year with all was going on in New York with the. You know, with the the Vietnam War, the riots and stuff like that. What do you remember most about '69, Willis? Well, uh, I I mean, I remember that as far as we concerned, that there was a lot of stuff going on. But uh, I mean, I I wasn't too much concerned about that. But I, I was really excited about the fact that um, the Mets got to play in, and you know, and they were doing very well. You know, and they were—they were, they were looked like they were going to win it, win it, and uh, 
and I was happy too because I didn't I didn't know Cleon that well, but I mean I just knew that uh, you know that these like my homeboys. You know, yeah, they, I, hey, was you know I know, you know Red Hulseman took over the the team uh, about two years before the middle of the season, sixty seven, sixty eight. It to me is a lot of comparisons between what Gil Hodges did with the Mets. He took over. And then they won a championship, and when Red took over, they got better every year. What what made him a great coach? Well, I mean, he had been a player, you know, and uh, and he coached. And uh, I remember, you know, I used to see him on the road quite a bit. I guess he did quite a bit of scouting in the uh, SWAC, you know, because um, he came to quite a few of our practices and. Coach Hobby, uh, one day in practice, uh, Red was there, and and he brought me over to him. I went in addition to Red Hoseman, you know, he's a scout for the New York Knicks. And uh, he, I spoke to him, and, and that was kind of it. Uh, but I did see him around a lot. And uh, I think, uh, you know, the other thing with him, you know, he, you know, he had been through the thing. I know he, uh, he was scouting, and uh, Mr. Irish had told him he wanted him. <laughs> and want him to be the coach, and he told Mister Irish, uh, Mister Irish, I don't want to coach you. <laughs> he said, "You want a job, don't you?" He said, "Yes, sir." He said, "Well, are you the coach." <laughs> and oh, that, that, that was always kind of a joke about it. I mean, and you then, know, then the the, um, the team just got better and better in in '69 and '70. You went you went 60 games. You were the MVP of the league, the playoffs, and the All Star game. You know, let me say this right. This, not that this bother you. With the great career you've had, you know, the 50 greatest players, the Hall of Fame, when everybody mentions the name Willis Reed, they always go back to, you know, May 8th, 1970. I was actually at that game with my friend Harold, sitting in the blue seats at the Garden. I remember you didn't play in game six, and all of a sudden you come out of the, um, the runway. I mean, looking back, did you, you know, you had a torn calf muscle, did you really think you were going to play at all, or how did that come about? Did you play, well, you know, make your first two shots that game? When I was, uh, you know, going through the whole process of, you know, getting therapy and all that treatment on my leg and all, and they said, well, we're going to play before the game. We're going to give you some shots. Well, I, I was thinking that the shots were going to kind of like, you know, put me in la-la land. I wouldn't have to worry about my leg. I wouldn't even knew I had a leg. <laughs> You know, but that didn't quite happen. So I had to be careful. You know, I had to really kind of drag the leg. You know, I kind of picked it up. It really started to hurt. But you know, I wanted to be there. I mean, you know, uh, whatever I could do, you know, to help make make it happen, I, I wanted to be a part of that because I mean, you know, that's a dream. You know, uh, I mean, I'm going back to the days of listening to the St. Louis Hawks and the Boston Celtics play. You know, uh, and because I was uh, a big self, you know, Hawk fan, because uh, I listened to him all the time on the radio, and uh, I was a Bill Russell fan because he was left-handed like I was, you know, probably a lot better than I was <laughs> at that time. So, so you, you know, I mean, I I had a lot invested in me. You know, basketball was my thing. You know, I, I and I always think that. You know, most times they say, well, the big three. But, you know, a team, a basketball team, you know, everybody generally has a contribution in that team's success, whether they play 40 minutes or they play four minutes. 
sometimes, you know, Mike Reardon going out there giving his foul was, was part, was just as significant. I mean, you know, he used to get cheered when he walked out there. They, they'd give his foul, everybody would be clapping for him. I mean, you know, those were things you remember that helped a team win. And, 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 you know, so you were a part of that. I, I remember the Garden went crazy when he came out. He made your first two shots, and the Knicks never looked back after that. And, and uh, that was pretty – it was pretty exciting for me. I think I had, had tickets to all the game. Let's look at your career. You know, you matched up against Chamberlain, who was bigger than you, with Jabbar was bigger than you. And I know – I mean, how did you manage to match up against those bigger guys and, you know, where you played and have the success that you had? Well, manage really, I mean, um, I was guarding them with help because they always sent somebody else to double-team them, you know, hoping that they would put the ball on the floor so that maybe we could steal the ball or if you're going to shoot the ball, make it a very tough shot for them. So, so I always got help, help with guarding those guys, and, and, uh, and it worked. I mean, you know, um, that was part of our philosophy, you know, depending on whether we, who we were playing and, and where, who would do most of that, would it be a forward or a small forward or a power forward or a guard uh, doing the double team. And so, you know, Red had a strategy for both of them. So, so we always knew that, that if you were going to get some help, you know, if you could kind of make it, take it a while so the guy could get the, would not get the kind of shot and not make the shot difficult for him. He was going to shoot the ball, so that was yeah. important. Well, let me just back for Tommy one second. For the people who didn't know him, I mean, he could have been a, a, a football player too. I mean, what kind of a personality did he have? I mean, he, outgoing guy. I mean, you know, what do you, what do you remember most about Tommy? Ag, yeah, Tommy uh, Ag, yes, sir. Well, well, first of all, he, you know, he he was a well built. I mean, you know, a strong guy, uh, kind of a quiet guy. Uh, a nice guy, uh, you know. One one thing that I was I was disappointed. Like you know, they went to the finals. Um, uh, President Jones was coaching the team, and uh, they went to the national tournament. And uh, after that, he can't, he got drafted, and uh, you know, then he was gone. You know, but uh, once the baseball season was over, with, you know, he came back to school. You know, I I, I was very impressed with the fact that you know he was still trying to make sure he got his degree and uh you know and he and he was a kind of a quiet guy you know <laughs> you know he, i mean if you was in a room with him uh the only reason you would know it, he was there because uh you knew he was there otherwise i mean you know he was not going to ever be the you know the guy the main attraction in the room he was just always kind of a quiet and a nice guy was well, you know, Tudy, I just appreciate our friendship, and we have a mutual friend, Jimmy Lamparello. When you were coaching the Nets, he used to bring me into your locker room and to hear your pep talks. And uh, even though when he left coaching, you had great success with the Nets. You, you led him to two NBA finals. But did you enjoy the, the the managerial part? I mean, the executive part as much as the coaching part. And would you enjoy better? I think. Um... You, you probably enjoyed the playing part because you had a little bit more control over what happened. I mean, you know, you had some control. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, you could score a basket or you could get a rebound or you could block a shot. I mean, you know, so there was all the things that you could have some some effect on the game 
uh, and sometimes, you know, as a coach, I mean, you know, even though you, you've offered, you decided, and we talked about what we're going to do, some of those uh, things that you, you tell players that they should do or we want to do, they don't get done, you know. I, I, and that's the frustration of being a coach. I mean, I mean, I've seen that, you know, playing against teams and we frustrate the coach, get frustrated because, you know, the players are not doing what he thinks they're supposed to be doing or things that they thought they were going to be able to do against us, you know. And uh, so, but, you know, but, but I mean, that's what take, I mean, that's what make unique coaches, coaches who I, can get players to uh, do what they, uh, what they want them to do. I mean, like, for example, Red, <laughs> you know, Red used to always talk about the open man. He said, I don't, I don't want you, I want you to always make sure you pass the ball to the open man and let him be the one to shoot the ball. And he said, now, if the open man don't make the shot, I will get somebody else out there that can make the shot. <laughs> you know, that's, that's kind of like we, we read, we talk. Uh, and I think you know, the, the philosophy was that, you know, if you move the ball and you have good shooters. But, I mean, I think, you know, one of the great things about Hoseman when he uh, became our coach was that most of the players, all of the players really that was on the team, were, he scouted all of them. He saw us in our development stages, you know, and, and saw us play in all different kind of circumstances. And I'm sure he, I mean, he had, a better uh, re- regard for who we were as opposed to a guy who comes in, you know, who, who had never scouted in there, so he just became the coach. He had great success. Hey, Willis, I know you make your home in Louisiana now. Do you? I, I hope you're not a Yankee fan. Do you still follow the Mets at all, or who were at you? You still root silently for the Mets? Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a New York guy. You know, but Willis, I, I really appreciate your time, and I don't know if you remember. I remember when you were coaching the St. John's, we used to go to a restaurant in Queens, Dante's with Louie and yeah, Ron Dante's. Rutledge. And, oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And it was a good time. It was a good times. I ate too much pasta late at night, good, but good thing. Was, well, you know, Coach is one of my favorite people. Yeah, we, it was it was a good year. I remember it was a fun year, and it was good to be part of the family. Yeah, he, 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 he was a good, he's a good man. He yeah, but. Good. Very Mr. Good. Reed, I, I appreciate your time, sir. You know, and be safe. And if you ever get to New York uh, and we get fans, I hope you get out to City Field to see a Mets game. Well, I, I, I hope so. I mean, I, I, it probably won't happen. I'm probably going to, the closest I'm going to get is watching them on TV. Well, yeah, well, root for the Mets. Uh, we we got to get a. Uh, I'm a Mets fan. You know, I root for Yankees and the Mets. I mean, I'm well, not. Good. You know, I'm not I'm, I'm not impartial, you know what I mean? Well, no, no, that's the way, way it should I like, be. I, I like the Mets because of uh, the fact that Tommy played for him, you know. Uh, yeah, he's a good man. He's out of a homeboy, you know, and he went to Grambling, you know. That's yeah, all well, significant for us. But, hey, Willis, I really appreciate your time, and be safe down there, and uh, tell Jimmy we spoke. Okay, thank you. Take man. care of yourself, Willis. Thank you, my friend. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks, Willis. Bye-bye. 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 It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.